Hustle. It's a terrible word. The more you hustle, the more likely that you are to fail. That's the view of Tristan Wright, Australian self-made entrepreneur. And he is speaking from experience. He built a multi-million dollar business to find himself then over $200,000 in debt in just a few years. And that is a humbling experience. He managed to eventually regear the business and exit to an MBO when he got it back on its feet. He now helps other entrepreneurs distill and clarify what their goal is in life and how their business can help them there. Hi, Tristan. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. (laughs) Thank you. I will try my best to not do my very poor Australian accent during this podcast. (laughs) I'll, I'll try not to put on a, a, an English accent and, and hopefully we can understand Listen, each other. I'm Irish. <laughs> uh, English, Irish, you're all the same. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. So we're, we're from a different side of the world. We can make, we can make fun of each other's That's accents. It. Absolutely. We can do it, but no one else can. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> as long as everyone can understand each other at the end of the day. That's Hopefully it. there's no Americans listening to us because they, yeah, some <laughs> they'll need subtitles for us. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, well, listen, funny. thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And, um, you know, you are now officially our furthest, uh, furthest flung uh, guest on the show. And we've had some people from America, but this is the first person uh, from the Asia Pacific um, that has joined us on the show. So thank you. Well, I'm honoured to be the, that first person. I'm probably one of the only people that uh, you've interviewed that's actually in the future as well. So yeah. for you, it's uh, it's Thursday morning and it's mm-hmm. Thursday afternoon for for me when we're recording this uh, episode. Yeah, absolutely. So you can tell me what's gonna what the weather's gonna be like today. <laughs> Yeah. If, you ever, if anyone could ever predict what the Manchester weather is going to be like. Oh, well, I can tell you what the uh, the weather in Victoria is going to be like, but uh, probably sunny. can't tell you what Manchester weather. Oh, I, I wish. It's uh, it's the middle of our winter at the moment. Oh, of course. So, yeah, not, not hot and sunny for us at the moment. Uh-huh. Uh, but in saying that, our winters are generally warmer than than the uh, British or, yeah, winters. summer. <laughs> yeah, sorry, British summers, yes. <laughs> Um, we were just talking um, before we came on air about the uh, sort of the lockdown situations that are happening in uh, in Australia, and you're in a fairly uh, restricted area like ourselves in in Manchester because the uh, the numbers are a little bit higher there. Um, mm. But I think um, one of the things that's interesting about when we were reading about you is that um, that. Whether it's uh, pandemics, um, markets, competition, um, those are not the reasons that businesses, um, that the failure rate for SMEs is so high or, or largely the reasons that, that businesses they, they might be, They might be the straw that breaks the camel's back, the last yeah. thing, but there's going to be ingrained issues before that. that so let's... Uh, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. You know, where, where you thought failure, you know, where were the, where were the seeds of failure um, or do you believe that they are? What What is it down to um, in your view? I know you have some very strong views about this with regards to leadership. It, it's really interesting. So a lot of business owners get into business because they are good at a particular thing. So they're good at marketing, they're they're good at sales, they're good at building a widget, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily have 
the holistic business experience. So they're very they've got a very narrow skill set, and when they actually get into business, they realise that there's a whole heap of different other areas that you have to be just as good at, and you can get so far in your with your talent, but if you don't upskill yourself in these other areas, this is what's going to cause you issues because just because you've got money in your bank account, for instance, doesn't mean that you're actually a profitable business. Uh, just because you've got a thousand likes on your website, that doesn't mm-hmm. pay the bills. Yeah. And, it, and it's about juggling and managing all of these priorities and working out what you need to do first and what you need to do second, not just uh, the loudest thing at the moment. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's about startups and um, small business owners and people that are starting out in business. There's a lot of plates to spin and you don't necessarily even know how to spin them at that point. <laughs> yep, yep, and yeah. that's it. So so you're spinning the plate that is in front of you and and, and learning on the fly. Uh, and if you, if you learn the incorrect way or miss... Uh, which plate to spin next, uh, it's a lot easier for you to to drop those plates, so to speak. Yeah, no, totally. Um, now let's talk about your past experience because I feel like you might be talking from it. Um, you started <laughs> a cycleware business, um, which you grew uh, to three to revenues of over $300,000, um, which you had uh, so done. So 300K whilst I was working a day job. Yeah. Um, so in, yeah. in working from my home desk, uh, ki- sorry, my kitchen table, I was doing mm-hmm. doing three hundred grand. But eventually, I built it into a summer figure business as well. And you uh, did that um, when you were still bootstrapping through your through your through your full time job. Yeah, so three hundred. So basically, my my story is I I studied engineering, studied industrial design, and I was working in that space for a little while, and I eventually. I'd always been entrepreneurial, but I fell into setting up and running a custom sportswear business and mm-hmm. I I built that up and I was running that in my spare time from my kitchen table and went eventually went full time after I was doing about 300 grand uh, revenue per annum. And once I went full time, it kept on growing into a seven-figure business and I was, I was selling uh, throughout Australia into the UK, tiny bit into the States and, and New Zealand, and then manufacturing in a few different countries. This was all in when I was in my mid-20s. I think I hit seven figures in revenue by about 28, 27 or 28. So I'd, I'd had some relatively rapid growth in, in that business. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're young and you've got relatively rapid growth and rapid success, you generally, you generally become arrogant and <laughs> think that nothing can get in your way. And that's what, what I was. I didn't think anything could get in my way because I'd had so much success in the early days and I thought I don't need to listen to others because the way I'm doing it, it's working. Yeah. But little did I know at the time that I had my blinkers on so I could only see what was in front of me. I couldn't see what was beside me or mm. over the next mountain. And I couldn't definitely couldn't see what was behind me. And that was all what uh, that came back to bite me in the ass. Um, 
<laughs> Quite literally. So hopefully I'm allowed to to to, yes, to make minor swear words yes, on here. Absolutely <laughs> so um, in about I think, 2020, 20, I think it was 2012, 2013, the Aussie dollar dropped uh, against the US dollar. So I was purchasing mm-hmm. everything in the US dollar. And when our currency dropped, uh, I lost about 25% of my margin mm-hmm. in the space of six months. So when you lose 25% of your margin in a business that's only running on 33%, 30, yeah. 33 to 37%, that's basically all of your profit gone. Yeah. Um, and in in a normal time, I'd be able to deal with that, uh, but because I would have been thinking clearly, but at a very similar time, my wife at the time came to me and said our marriage was over. So Hmm. I had two big things, two big um, life-changing things thrown at me uh, in in a very short time frame. And with, I didn't know how to deal with either of them, let alone both of them at the same time. And because I hadn't had... let's call it failure, I hadn't yeah. had struggles before, I just curled up and didn't know what to do and almost stuck my stuck my head beneath the sand and just hid. Yeah. And fast forward about six months, I was, I'd gone through all personal issues not wanting to deal with it, but from yeah. a financial perspective, I was about 200 grand in debt because I was making making decisions without understanding what the impact was and mm-hmm. realising and after that six-month period I realised, holy shit, uh, I've got I to make changes in life and in business otherwise I'm just going to go back to a day job and be paying off this 200 grand debt for the rest yeah. of my life yeah. and I didn't want to do that at all. Yeah. So. And the, the, uh, the uh, administrator, like the... If a business goes into administration in Australia, they're pretty they're pretty strict um, about it over there, aren't they? Yeah, so te- they'll so, t- they'll chase you for that two hundred k for the rest of your life. Correct, correct. So it's not like I'm not sure what it's like in the UK, but in the states you can go bankrupt mm-hmm. and sort of and write it money. Off. In Australia, yeah, uh, it's personal. That two hundred grand. Yes, yeah, yeah. So the director signs uh, signs it. So. I would have lost my house if I, if the business folded. They they would have mm-hmm. then come to me and said, "Hey Tristan, you need to sell your house to, to repay that debt." Yeah. So and then uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> correct, correct. So can we <laughs> so, back to something you said there? Uh, it's just really interesting. This the terminology that you used. So you you said you were studying engineering and design, and then you fell mm-hmm. into a custom sportswear business. How does how do you fall into a business? At all, okay. let alone a business like that. I was really interested that you described it that way. So I've always been entrepreneurial. I was looking for ideas for setting mm-hmm. up a business. Mm-hmm. And one of my passions is cycling or um, not cycling so much now. It's more running, but sport, yeah. uh, sports. And I was riding with a bunch of friends and the bunch of friends said, hey, we need to organise uniforms. And yeah. I... I was tasked with organising those uniforms and mm-hmm. I couldn't find anyone out there that, that met the quality, the pricing and the customer service expectations that I mm-hmm. had. So I decided to find a manufacturer in China for myself 
and mm-hmm. basically cut out uh, the the current brands in Australia. Yeah. So I found found that manufacturer in Australia. Oh, sorry, in China. Organised the uniforms for my friends. That first set of uniforms was a disaster. the The shorts were were see through, so <laughs> you're riding along and we can see everyone's bums. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I can't. I don't know how to unsee that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, the guy, young guys in their twenties, generally mean, relatively no. fit. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> what you're telling me is that you're in a test and learn phase. <laughs> yes, that's correct. What I did learn was that there was a need for yeah. this offer, and yeah. if I if I improved the product, people yeah. would buy it. Yeah. So I, I, I improved the product, and then I was able to go and go and take it, take it to market. There's a, in effect, yeah. there was a, there was a gap in the market for a quality product with good quality customer service. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was just before um, when I set it up. It was just before Facebook became big. It was just just before it was easy to source products overseas. So now you can you can jump on the internet and source product overseas relatively easy. Yeah. I I sourced product uh, through trade show exhibition handbooks and I was contacting people that way or suppliers yeah. that way. If I had have attempted to set up this business two years later, I wouldn't have had the foothold or the advantage that I that I got. So I got in right time right place mm-hmm. with the right with the right offer yeah yeah it's it's very much about timing as well yeah um so how did the american dollar affect your cost on you know your over with china so every the chinese like to to sell in in the u.s dollar so okay uh a lot of chinese suppliers uh Purchase their product in, oh sorry, sell their products in, in US dollar. Okay. Just because I'm not sure why they peg um, peg to to the US because the Chinese currency is totally separate. Mm-hmm. But for simplicity, yeah, we had to had to purchase everything in US dollars, and when the Aussie dollar tanked, uh, it didn't work for us. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's clear. It's clear now. Um, yeah. Perfect. So the um, you went from zero to hero with the cycleware business. Um, you grew it. Were able to walk, you know, walk away from that engineering career and become a full full time entrepreneur. Um, yeah. And then, you know, these significant life changing um, instance instances happened. You know, so I it, like I can appreciate uh, being through similar circumstances. What impact that has on you emotionally and mentally. Um, mm-hmm. But you do pick yourself up, and you certainly have. Um, so when you reflect on that period of your life now, what what do you think the lessons were that you took away from that that you've now applied into your your you know your future life? Okay, so back then i I had arrogance, and I was passing the blame on to others. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, having a look back, it was I wasn't taking responsibility for my actions. I didn't. And then I, I thought I could do it all. So mm-hmm. now I need to take responsibility for my actions, and I need to. Uh, I know that I need to have a network of people around me as well. 
Mm-hmm. They're probably the two biggest things. So don't pass the blame. Yeah. At the end of the day, if it's going to be, it's got to be me is the saying. So uh, yeah. you take ultimate ownership of everything that's happening but be open-minded to the fact that you don't know everything. Yeah. They're the two biggest lessons that I took out of it. And once I was able to apply that to myself, I was able to rebuild that business and then eventually sell it and end up being where I am now today. Yeah, because I was having a look at the, uh, at the website, site. Uh, is it site? Seat? Yes, you pronounce it correctly. Thank so you. many, so many people pronounce it "sight," and I'm like, "Where do you get "sight" from?" <laughs> um, so yes, you pronounced it correctly. Sight, yeah. I, yeah, the the site looks great, you know, and looks like it's certainly it's certainly thriving. But you exited that business then. Yes, so I I after it went down, I rebuilt it, and my sales manager ended up. Uh, purchasing it from me because he wanted to take it to the, to that next level. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so but I... Why so, did you not? Where, where was your head at that, that particular moment? So I saw there's, there's multiple things. I didn't want to, to... To go to the next level financially in the business, I would need to take it international and mm-hmm. I didn't want to, to go international because that would mean... Uh, a lot more travel, a lot more, uh, a lot more time invested in it, and then the other thing was that the market space had become a lot more competitive, mm-hmm. and it was a, a lot lower barrier to entry yeah. for for this category. And based off those two points, the highest time I was able to like, so the value for my business wasn't going to get any higher in the short yeah. term. So if I wanted to. To cash in, that was the time to cash in. Yeah. And did you have another idea in the pipeline at that point or was it just maybe a time to pause and reflect? No idea at all in the <laughs> pipeline. So I actually, we could say I was, in Australian slang, I was an unemployed bogan for a little bogan? while. What's a bogan? <laughs> a, a, a bogan, uh, what's a, I don't know what UK slang is, so... An unemployed bum, so okay. someone that's got nothing to do. Well, um, I mean, probably a very um, affluent, <laughs> very affluent uh, bogan. I, de- I definitely wasn't homeless. Yeah. So, uh, look, I at the end of the day, I didn't make loads and loads of money out of it, but I learned yeah. uh, and I definitely came out on top. So, yeah. uh, so I wouldn't say I'm the most affluent person going around, just because you run a bit, uh, a successful business doesn't mean mm-hmm. you... Yeah, you've got money. <laughs> you've made heaps and heaps. Yeah. Like, that's one of the main goals. But one of the, for me, it's time and freedom. So this new business that I've got, I've got time and freedom plus money. So, yeah. But, yeah, for, for a good six months after, uh, I I was doing I was doing bits bits and pieces of contracting, but just relaxing, like I'd, mm-hmm. I'd worked hard the previous few years, so yeah. I was in the position that I didn't need to to rush back into something. Yeah, I think it's really important to take that time and pause. You know, you've been through. We talk about the startup journey being a roller coaster, and you'd mm-hmm. certainly been on it. Um, you know, to go from being, you know, three hundred thousand, um, or sorry, two hundred thousand dollars. No, I suppose from three hundred thousand yeah. to over a million to to minus 
200,000 to back to make it, it a little bit of something. You know, um, there's some significant financial highs and lows and the emotional um, part yes. that would have gone along um, with that. Um, so that leads us then to Evolve to Grow. And you launched that in 2017. Um, where did the idea of that business come from and what, you know, what was the purpose that you set out to to achieve? The idea of it came when I was in Croatia, in Dubrovnik, sitting in the old town, drinking glass, a couple of glasses of wine with my part, new partner, Erin. And mm-hmm. we, so we're on holiday and we, we'd been talking whilst I was on holiday about, or whilst we were on holiday about what I was going to do next. Mm-hmm. And, and we basically just reverse engineered what I, what I love doing and what I'm good at. And, uh, and where I've got experience. So mm-hmm. loved talking to people, even going back to high school, uh, loved helping people, loved being a leader and then mm-hmm. going through to today, I've had all the experience ups and downs in business and then it was like jo- it was joining the dots. There's so many other people that have been through the journeys that I've been through and if I can use my skills and experience to help others uh, or to guide others, they may not have to go through what I've been through or they can fast track their journey to success. So it was those conversations that solidified this idea to, to set up Evolve to Grow. And so back from your halls, you launched and it's, it's grown and it's actually evolved itself over the last three years. So tell us a bit about um, the business and what it does now. Yeah, so so Evolve to Grow, at the end of the day, the, the vision of the business is to enable business owners to have time and freedom and show them that they can start having that right now. Freedom bit might be uh, the money to buy whatever you want and the time is choosing uh, choosing what you do when you do it. So hmm. money may or may not be a, a prerequisite in there. So effectively what what I do with Evolve to Grow is me and my team work with business owners and leaders to actually help them distill and clarify what their ultimate objective is in life and how business is going to help them get there because at the end of the day, business is a is a tool for us to enjoy life. So mm-hmm. we work with our our clients to work out how they're going to in, enjoy their business and personal life, and how we can get them to their ultimate ultimate objective in the quickest and simplest way possible, rather than going the the long journey and the painful journey. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, you know, because I think. Anyone that's um, been through starting and scaling a business will know that, you know, there is, you know, at least 10 years of sacrifice in there um, where, you know, other things do um, do maybe get impacted by it. Um, do you think your, um, your experience with your own business and your marriage and the fact that, you know, at that point, you know, when when that ended, it sounded like when you said that, your wife said your marriage was over, that it had come as as a surprise. Um, do you think that those experiences has really shaped 
you know, that kind of awareness that you want to help other business owners with? Totally. So, uh, and with my ex-wife, yes, it it was a surprise, but in hindsight, it shouldn't have been a surprise. Uh, But yeah, the experiences that I've been through and also the experiences of my current and past clients has shaped the way I help others. And and, uh, we often lose track of why we're doing what we're doing. And sometimes we we just do it for for the win or to get ahead, but yeah. we need to to keep in mind why we're doing this. And if we understand that why, it's a lot easier to get there, and it's a lot easier to have your team involved with getting there as well. If you're enjoying the podcast, simply hit the like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. If you have the time, leave us a review. You can do that really easily by going to ratemypodcast.com forward slash fast forward. Um, and does that, because I know that you, you teach founders sort of three things, um, simplify, build and grow. Does that why sit in the simplify or can you tell us more about simplify, build and grow? Yeah. So as a, as a, my opinion is as a, as a species, um, Humans like to make, or for some reason, we make things a lot more complex than they need to be. Uh, we, I don't know why it is. Maybe it's because we've got an information overload. Uh, we can get information so easily at the moment. Mm-hmm. We, we make things so much more complex than they need to be. So I, I work on breaking it down what is it that we want to achieve and why is it that we want to achieve it? What is the simplest way to get there? Uh, we don't need to have all of these add-ons. We don't need to have all of this extra complexity. Uh, is, is, it, is, that, is it because we're trying to overtake over the world or we're trying to challenge ourselves or is it because we want, we've got a, an actual purpose? So for me it's about... Rather than having this airy-fairy plan that uh, a lot of people create these plans sort of to to prove themselves to others. So, And what I mean by that is you're creating this plan and you're living your life or setting up your business the way you think others, uh, what you, the way you think others expect you to, to behave. So you're, you're not necessarily working on your business for yourself, you're working on your business for others. So I go down the journey of working out what it is that you're doing for yourself in this business, mm-hmm. then I simplify it from there. I think it's something to do with, uh, I think TechCrunch has a lot to answer for. Um, they talk mm-hmm. about hustle porn and, you know, you read all of these, mm-hmm. you know, on Instagram, you know, the 5 a.m., you know, the 5am business guy and the 6am guy and the 3am person and all this jazz. And it's like, oh, I have to get up at, um, I get up at, you know, okay, I did get up at 5.30 this morning, but that was because I was talking to you at seven and I did want to get a run in. Um, But, you know, um, you know, that this, you know, trying to, you know, almost like if you're not working yourself into the ground, then you're not, you're not successful, almost that perception. I think it has a lot to answer for. It doesn't it? Yeah, that's... It's it's terrible. It's yeah. I hustle is the 
the worst word there is in business. The yeah. more you hustle, the more likely you are to fail. And you can yeah. use that quote if you want. In, in the tech industry and the start phase, people are, are probably going to disagree with me, but uh, hustle is a terrible word because it, it means you're chasing your tail and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're competing with others rather than yourself. Yeah. So Absolutely. this is, you ne- we are not robots. We need to look after ourselves as much as we can and we need to recharge our batteries and, uh, uh, to be efficient. If we're starting at 5 a.m. and working through till 9 p.m., probably from 10 a.m., everything we do is inefficient. Yeah. So we're working at 20 or 30% capacity. If yeah. you start at nine and finish at four, you're going to get a lot more work done because you're working at high efficiency. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said, isn't it? The, isn't it the, I can't remember who was talking about the chap who wrote the four-day work week. And yep. then obviously yep. there's yep. a lot of some Nordic com- countries. And they've even ta- started talking about it here in the UK off the back of COVID, um, you know, mm-hmm. the you know having four-day work weeks. Um, yep. I mean, it's... Uh, the sort of COVID impact, I suppose. It's interesting, I'd say, I'd say sometimes working from home, I've I've been working harder. Uh, sometimes I'd be like, oh, I just want to get back to the office so you can have a break <laughs> because it's yeah. so intense because you're, there's no natural travel time between meetings where your brain has time to process what you've just been doing or just to have a break. Or whatever. You, you, know, you turn the Zoom meeting off and going, go to the oh, next one. Yeah, you're f- you you know you're free at one o'clock because your Zoom finishes at one, so I'll just put one in for one o'clock. So you're literally like mm. you don't even have time for a cup of tea. Mm. Yeah, it, it just we need to look after our, mm-hmm. our minds. And for you, you went for your run this morning to exercise, and that mm-hmm. that helps you helps you gain clarity. And as soon as I yeah. finish this call with you, I'm I'm going for my run. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm I'm knocking off at five or five thirty p.m. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hate going back to it. I hate the word hustle. It's <laughs> worst. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, no, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, now, you have learned that it's particularly relevant um, that businesses need to adapt and pivot um, to survive. Um, and every uh, business, um, you know, there's very few that aren't um, navigating uh, turbulent waters at the moment. Um, what mm. advice would you have for founders um, at this particular stage in terms of what they need to be doing to adapt um, um, during this this particular difficult time? So the big thing is stay connected to your, your vision um, or what you're looking to achieve. Uh, so keep in line with that and make sure whatever whatever actions you take are still moving you towards towards your ultimate objective. Uh, it's okay to take a, a slight sideways step, but you, there's no point going backwards or restarting. You need to understand that what your customers are thinking uh, or what, your, what the people around you are thinking, but just remember that we're, we're in the depth of, depths of this situation at the moment and it's hard to see over the hill to the or over the other side of the fence where there's green grass. Mm-hmm. So 
just because it's tough right now doesn't mean it's going to to be tough in six weeks' time or or twelve weeks' time. So uh, we need to rather than rather than giving up or saying this is this is too hard, know that we can continue to move forward. It just might be at a slower pace. Mm-hmm. That's it. I think everybody needs to kind of adjust their growth um, strategies to align with sort of that mm. pestle analysis, isn't it? What's happening in the world around us? Um, That's it. And one, a, a big thing is uh, that I want to use the analogy, uh, the, the most successful sports people in the world uh, I'm going to say, let's say Roger Federer, uh, mm-hmm. for instance, he's not necessarily the best tennis player uh, in the yeah. world, um, but he's the most successful tennis player. And the reason is that he continually shows up and keeps on going at it day after day, week after week, year mm-hmm. after year when other people have quit. Yeah. So you don't have to necessarily be the best. You just need to to keep showing up, keep refining and keep moving forward. Yeah. But what about the businesses that are continuing to make the same mistakes and that they're on that path to failure? Um, you know, how, how do they end up there? And when they do, can they change that course if they find themselves on that path? It's okay to make a mistake once or twice, but you need to spend time taking a step back, whether it's every week, every month, every quarter, mm-hmm. taking a step back and reviewing what's worked and hasn't worked uh, and, and look for trends and patterns. And if you're making the same mistakes, you've got to, you've got to be able to identify them and realise that you, you need to get external support. But if you're not taking that time, time out to review you're going to be one of the casualties because you're not you're not understanding what's working and what's not working in your business. Yeah, you're just kind of on the you're on the uh, on the gerbil wheel rather than getting off it to. Yep, that's it. <laughs> um, now, in your experience, and I'm sure you've seen hundreds of businesses now during your um, your consultancy time. Um, has it ever been too late? To salvage a business, has it ever come to a point where it's like, you know what, you just need to let that go? Um, or is there always is there always a way that you can I, I'm a I'm a passionate believer of um I'm a I'm a fixer, Tristan. And I always think that there's always a way to work a situation to get a positive outcome. So I'm always looking for the angle to find a solution to kind of turn a situation around. But is that the case for business? Or is there points where it's I'm gonna use an analogy. We've got yeah. a horse race. Yeah. The ho- there's a, the horses are racing and they they get into the home straight and mm-hmm. the horse that's in the lead by three lengths breaks its leg. Mm-hmm. What ha- it breaks its leg and there's there's other horses around it. Yeah. Can, do you reckon that horse can still get to the finish line and win the race? The one with the broken leg? Yeah. Uh I don't know though. This is a trick question. Does the jockey pick the horse up and try? No, no, no trick question. No, I don't think so. I think that the message is that the other horses need to keep going because you never know what's going to happen. You can't, you know. Correct. So and so sometimes a business can be can be broken. Um, Mm -hmm. It's going really well, and all of a sudden, 
it dies. Uh, yeah. There's something, there's some factor in there that you hadn't planned for. Uh, sometimes you can't fix it. Uh, and in this instance, the horse has got a broken leg. Unfortunately, it's not going to make get to the finish line. So you've got yeah. to, yeah, it's no point flogging it, flogging a, a horse with a broken leg because yeah. it's not, you, as much as you crack that whip, you're not going to get to the finish line. Yeah. And, and so the. Sorry, go ahead. You, you go, you go. Well, no, I was just thinking about your cycle wear business because obviously you you were the horse with the broken leg. Yeah, yeah. And how did you decide to push through that and, you know, go with sort of the mindset I was talking about there, which is, you know, there has to be a way to spin this to bring it back? That's a, that's a good question. Um, so I my back was against the wall in this instance. I didn't have another choice. I, I needed when sometimes as people, if our back's against the wall and you don't have another choice, you need to uh, get it to the point you can you can bandage it up and you can improve it. So mm. it, let's say in using this analogy, I was able to to pin to pin my leg, the horse's leg, bandage mm-hmm. it up. And improve it, kind of thing. Yeah, uh, improve it. But uh, yeah, you you've got me you've got me really well in this instance. So ah, <laughs> that's great. No, but Some, I think sometimes you can. Yeah, sometimes think, you can fix things. Yeah, but I think you're. I think it was your. When I think about your circumstances, you know, your choice was let it go and be chased for two hundred thousand dollars for the rest of your life. Um, yeah. or find a way to at least get that money back um, so that you were, you know, that you had a, that you had a, some, you know, some options. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and you get, you end up ahead, but maybe not, yeah. as, not as much as you wanted. Yeah. So, and, and I had, I was in the fortunate position that I was able to learn along the way and realise mm-hmm. that what I'd done previously uh, wasn't going to work in the future and that I could get external help. So I was able to bring the vet onto the course and pin my leg and get me, <laughs> get me going again. And by that I was able yeah. to get external support. Yeah, and a great sales manager by the signs of it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you talk a lot about um, mindset and naturally yes. um, there are some people who are more positive um, and resilient uh, than others. Um, I would definitely consider myself a positive mindset kind of person, um, but it doesn't come as naturally to everyone. Um, what advice mm-hmm. would you have um, to help, um, you know, and that can be down to circumstances or a particular moment in your life, as well as just how you are maybe sort of from a, you know, what your disposition is generally. But how would you or how, what advice would you have to encourage a positive um, mindset both in life and in business? This is a, this is a massive topic um, and <laughs> we could talk for hours on it. <laughs> uh, the simplest way for me is, A, we're in control of our actions. Any actions, we're in control of our thoughts, any mm. thoughts. We can't change the past, but we can change the future. Yeah. We, if we think about that and sit on that, 
that's where we can control our thoughts to have a positive mindset. And then we're not going to change things overnight, but we need to build momentum. And this is where creating a plan or a goal is really vital. So we move, we have the goal and then we move towards that with baby steps. We can then build, build some momentum and that will slowly improve our mindset. Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think there's a, I suppose there's a sense of ownership in it as well. hundred um, percent. You know, because they have, it has to start with ownership. You know, mm. what you were saying earlier about, you know, as a leader, you know, then the the learnings that you had is that you're responsible. Yep. You're responsible we, than anybody else's. We are 100% responsible for our actions and our thoughts. Uh, the and minute, our inaction, because I suppose our inaction also has consequences. True. We're more, yeah, exactly. So in actions and in, inactions. So I prefer to use positive connotation words as much as possible mm-hmm. because if we you we could you consider inaction as a negative connotation uh, we and if we can if we're thinking negative things we're, we're most likely to do negative things but if we if we use positive language like yeah. taking action we're more likely to do that yeah um, but we have to take ownership and responsibility of our thoughts, our actions, our inactions, what we do, what we don't do. And just because we live in a, a poorer area and surrounded by poor, uh, lower socioeconomic people, you can take action to slowly progress out of that. You need to slowly surround yourself with people in the areas that you want to get to or people that are one or two steps ahead of you. Yeah. Yes, it's easier said than done so and it takes time yeah but that this is how i see the the whole mindset thing and progressing on to how you can run a successful business as well mm. yeah yeah definitely the uh, it's the stepping stones isn't it the baby steps um, yeah we get overwhelmed feels, quite easily yeah. Yeah, it just feels like it's too it's too great. Um, I mean, I'm from mm. I'm from a family of eight kids, and we lived on the breadline. Um, so you know, you just find ways to you know earn a crust and get to where you need to get to. Yep. Um, now there's some great advice on on mindset, and we always like to finish on some um, advice for entrepreneurs. And this podcast's um, theme um, or purpose is to help entrepreneurs to get a better night's sleep. And I'm sure you've had a few sleepless ones um, mm-hmm. through your time, Tristan, hopefully a lot better now. Um, but what advice um, would you um, like to finish on to help entrepreneurs, to help them to get a better night's sleep? Your to-do list is going to be hit there today and tomorrow and the next day. And there's always going to be things being added to it. So being able to accept that you're never going to finish that to-do list (laughs) is going to allow you to sleep. Uh, You're going to achieve one goal. So you're going to climb one mountain and get to the top of it and then you're going to spot another mountain that's even higher and you're going to want to climb to that one. So 
the sooner you accept that you, there's always going to be challenges and things to do and that you're never going to achieve achieve them because there's going to be new ones coming, uh, being added to them, the sooner you'll be able to realise that it's okay not to have done everything today. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I think that's a great, um, a great piece of advice to finish on. Um, I've really enjoyed um, listening to your story, uh, Tristan, and um, hearing about how you've managed to um, turn things around and now you're sharing that uh, knowledge and experience with um, with other businesses um, across the world, I believe, not just uh, not just in um, uh, in Australia. Um, I've got clients all over the world, 100%. <laughs> um, and um, I think for um, the entrepreneurs listening, I think certainly your advice will help get them a better night's sleep. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me and have a good day, everyone. Fast Forward is a weekly interview podcast brought to you by Tech Manchester, an incubator for digital and creative startups in the Northwest. I'm your host, Patricia Keating. The podcast is produced by Sarah Bellier, audio editing by Jamie Gowenlock, and music by Parma Violets. If you have any questions, feel free to drop us a line at info at techmanchester.co.uk or follow us on any of our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, all under Tech Manchester. <laughs> <laughs>